Hi everyone, welcome to the diagram. It's your friendly neighborhood relationship coach, Jason. And today we are talking about some suggestions for taking care of yourself during your separation. I myself have been separated and remarried as some of you know from listening to the show. And these are things that I work with my clients on and things that I've applied in my own life that helped me make it through and come out on the other side healthy. So number one is take care of yourself, which will bring me back to healthy. We need to define what health is. A lot of people have heard the analogy that health is a three-legged stool, and those, those legs are mental, physical, and spiritual. Um, I would include that very important in all of those things is that they're all resources and that your finances similar to them are a resource and it can touch on different things in the physical realm but it can also impact all of your other things also so sometimes i say it's a four-legged stool but typically the finances are a symptom of issues with the the other areas so taking care of yourself means thinking about the future you that you want to create and sometimes it's really hard to see that I would actually suggest working with a therapist. I would suggest working with a coach. I would suggest taking both approaches to help and craft the vision that you want to have for what your future is going to be. You can do this on your own. It's very difficult and very few people are successful. You can do it with the help of friends and family, but it's very important for us to be able to look at our lives and think about, well, what do I want for my life? Um, you hear sort of a version of this in the corporate workplace where they'll say, well, what do you want in five years? And then they lay out a plan. There are problems with it, and I don't want to make it sound like it's perfect, but that idea that you should be able to think about the future you in five years, where do you want to be? And I would take it back one step and say, okay, so then what can we do in the next year to work on those things? And last but not least, I say, what can we do most days to work on those things? So when I say take care of yourself, I typically mean with my clients that I want you to find ways to take care of yourself physically most days. Um, this includes physical activity, whether it's going for a walk. No, I don't mean you have to start suddenly playing sports. Um, cardio is good, but baby steps. If you are not being physically active right now, it is really helpful for you to start being more physically active. Strength training, of course, stretching. But honestly, the thing that I suggest to my clients is think about something that you used to enjoy or would like to see if you would enjoy it and try to add that to your life. Yes, there might be things that you want to try classes like higher difficulty things like dancing snowboarding. Those are not things typically that we're going to add to most days of our week, but there are activities, say, if you want to be able to dance really well, I'll pick on dancing today, that you need to practice dancing most days and you have to go to a class probably once a week. The most day activity would be stretching, strength training, and then once a week you might have your class or twice a week you have your class. This accounts for everything else, whether it is strength training, whether it is stretching, you need to find the baby step to start with and take care of yourself. This also applies spiritually, 
whatever your spiritual practice is, if you are a person who is, um, I'm most familiar with Christianity because that is my background, you with you're going to want to find a place that you can worship that you're comfortable. You're going to want to find activities that you can do daily that work with you spiritually. If you are a person who meditates, you want to find a way to add some breathing activities to your life most days of the week. You don't have to be good at whatever your spiritual practice is for it to help you. A lot of people have a sort of perfectionism thing where they are most worried about being good at something. This is not a productivity thing. This is not something that you need to get a promotion. It's something you need to do to take care of yourself mentally. Similarly, what are you putting into your brain? Are there books that you want to read? Are there podcasts that can help you to learn the things that you want to learn? Are there YouTube channels that you can watch? Even if you are, we'll get into social media. I don't think it's all bad. Even if you're watching social media, be wary of what you are consuming on social media. If you have the opportunity to be the creative, be the creative instead of being the consumer. And if being the creative is not your thing, at least be aware of what you take in, what you're watching, who you're talking to. Your friends will send you memes and that kind of stuff. Honestly, there are some things that just become too negative and feed into you already being in a low place if you're in a low place because of your separation. So I'd be aware of that. So number one is take care of yourself, which sort of goes broadly across all the things I'm gonna talk about after. Number two, don't make long-term financial decisions if possible. What do I mean by that? When you're getting separated, it's not time to say F it and just go out and get your dream car that may impact the other things you want to do in your life. Rent it. Join an exotic car club. Do something temporary. Go to a weekend class where you get to drive that amazing car. Plan that out. But going out and deciding that you are going to now spend exponentially on something just because you want to feel something can negatively impact you in the long run. Similarly, buying property, making investments, Work with people who are professionals at this. Do not make hasty, especially get-rich-quick decisions when you're going through a separation. Number three, listen to wisdom. We all have these voices in our head and the voices of the people around us similarly. And I truly believe that most of us know wisdom when we hear it. And there is a saying that says we get the counsel that we want. There are people, there are lawyers, there are friends, there are people who will counsel us to do things which are more drama-inducing than they need to be, which are harder for us than, than they need to be. And we need to listen to wisdom. The reason that I said you want to have your vision first is that once you have your vision and you have something together of what you want your future you to be, when someone suggests something, you can run it through this filter and say, how is that helping future me? How is that helping the me that I want to be in the year? Is the thing that they're suggesting going to get me closer or further away from the person that I want to be? That's number three. Number four, take responsibility for your part in everything, whether it is your past relationship, your current relationships or your future, 
you have a responsibility for your part. There's a difference between taking responsibility and taking blame. I am not suggesting that you take blame for everything that happened in your past relationship, but you need to take responsibility for the things that happened that you did not like. You're an adult. If things happen that you did not like in the relationship that you don't want to happen in the future, you need to take responsibility for your part in how those things happened if you had one. I'm not out here to blame people who were abused. I don't want anybody to infer that that's what I'm saying when they listen to us. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that you chose your partner, you chose your relationship, and you made decisions in that relationship. The only lack of compatibility I generally see with couples is when one person is no longer willing to try or one person in the relationship is being abusive. Aside from those two things, everything we do is sort of an interplay between the two people. It's part of the relationship. It's important that you can look back at how things went and make decisions about how you want future things to go. And you can only do that by taking responsibility. Number five, check in on your loved ones who are impacted. If you have kids who are going through the separation, your parents who are going through the separation, loved ones, it's not your job to manage their pain, but it's good to check in with them because you're all grieving at the same time. You are at the center of the grief and therefore you should get the lion's share of the support. But aside from the fact that you will get the lion's share of the support, if you are able and you have the bandwidth to be able to support the people around you, you definitely should because it helps the community to grow and stay healthy together. So that's number five is check in on your loved ones who are being impacted also. These are at a super high level. And as I try to say every, every time we come on the air here to talk, I try to keep these short. I hope that this helps. Hope you have a good day. Thank you.